Arequipa. So let's just dive right in, I guess. We got a lot of shit uh, happening this week. Um, so, <laughs> a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of shit. Uh, a lot of, much like last week, uh, if you're looking for us to critique the Republicans, this is probably not the week for you. Because <laughs> I'm just looking, at, and not even like on purpose, but just co- uh, coincidentally, I'm looking over my rundown, and it's like, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're not going to enjoy this episode if that's why you tune in. Um so, uh, you know, w- there was another big nothing burger in the news this week. Uh, I hate when you use that word, by the way, because it just <laughs> reminds me of Hillary. <laughs> well, the, well, the, yeah. So, I mean, the the big news that came out this week, or not big news, if, if you were to listen to most of uh, the pundits in the media, is that Hillary Clinton's campaign uh, financed the Steele dossier, uh, which is the, you know, the famous P-tape dossier, which was all this supposedly compromising information on Trump that Russia had given to this uh, British spy. And um, it was a big question as to who funded it. So it looks like initially it was uh, funded by an unnamed Republican, which is almost definitely Ted Cruz. (laughs) And unnamed. (laughs) Yeah, because, well, you know, it it could have been Jeb Bush because the Bushes are old school political uh you know actors yeah that kind of oppo research and all of that yeah but uh, but i i kind of have a feeling it was ted cruz (laughs) because jeb bush jeb bush had such a pitiful showing so early he was probably like i'm not gonna waste the money like you know (laughs) i i I vaguely remember one of the republican donors saying they felt like they set five million dollars on fire when they donated to jeb bush (laughs) So that gives you a hint of how, how awesome uh, Jeb's <laughs> campaign went there. Well, I didn't understand why this was a story at all this week, because when I initially read, you know, first it was funded by Republicans and then the Democrats picked it up. I just, in my head, assumed because Hillary was so in with the Democratic establishment and the party and they were so tied to her. I just assumed that it was her. Now, I guess... For some people, it's a revelation that it was her directly and not just her, like, vicariously or, you know, somehow through someone else. But for me, that it wasn't a headline. I guess for a lot of people, it was. Well, so I initially, that was my thought, too. And I was like, oh, well, we knew this already. But apparently her campaign had vehemently denied this. Uh, Maggie Haberman, who is, you know, no friend of progressives, like she was named in the WikiLeaks document uh, uh, emails as uh, someone that the Hillary campaign would like uh, plant stories to basically right. the term they use, but like, you know, they would, they would use her to, and they would give her a scoop and be like, Hey, write this. Uh, and we want the article to basically say this and she would do it. She was just friendly so to the cause. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but she, even she said uh, when she tweeted out this article from the New York times about it, about how it was directly funded after 
the Republican primaries by Hillary and by the DNC uh, as far back as April. Uh, she said uh, the Clinton campaign lied about this uh, with sanctimony for over a year. <laughs> so she was a little pissed, which is which is just kind of the the you know general modus operandi with the with the Clinton. No one's gonna sanctimony. find out. <laughs> How dare you accuse me of doing this thing that I so obviously did? Um, so you know the other interesting angle that nobody's talking about. This was in April. The primaries were still in full fucking swing. This is, again, the DNC colluding with Hillary, not looping Bernie in, to oppo research on the presidential nominee of the Republicans. It, to me, that's just another... You know, and the problem with the WikiLeaks stuff and trying to prove the collusion between the Hillary campaign and the DNC is that it's so many little things. There's no one smoking gun where you can say, look, this is where they said, hey, we're going to fuck Bernie over. But they more or less did in about 50 different emails during the WikiLeaks dumps. And this is just another, to me, another example of them colluding with her campaign to say, hey, let's, you know, we know Bernie's not going to win the nomination, even though we have, a, you know, a million other states haven't voted yet. Uh, so fuck him. We're just going to already <laughs> plan on, you know, like it, it, it just, it just, it just goes to their fucking arrogance. And it's like, you know, there's an, are, you know, so, oh yeah, we're there's another angle to this, though, that, that I think is not being talked about as much. So it is illegal to get foreign assistance when it comes to elections, foreign help. And everybody has been really, you know, on Trump's case and his campaign, you know, about this, this Russia collusion and these Russia ties. But the other component to this is that Christopher Steele, you know, the, the Steele dossier is about him. He's a former British intelligence officer who worked for MI6. Um, and so he's very much tied into UK government. A case could be made here that this was some foreign assistance. And even furthermore to that point, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, I was going to, I forgot to mention that. The fucking hypocrisy is so (laughs) rich because I I remember hearing about Donald Trump Jr. for a fucking month and a half (laughs) meeting with some random fucking Russian who was supposedly Kremlin connected to get oppo research on Hillary Clinton. This dossier uh, was sourced through senior uh, senior officials at the Kremlin. This is the exact same fucking thing. It's just that, once again, the Clintons are... Uh, really corrupt and smart, and the and the Trump campaign and Donald Trump in general is really corrupt and fucking stupid. <laughs> so Hillary knows that for plausible deniability, you need to have two or three people in between as a buffer. Donald Trump's just like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Say, so, you know, it send send Don Jr. And that's a good point. Yeah, in the summary um, text of the dossier, it says former top intelligence officer, former top Russian intelligence officer, claims FSB has compromised Trump through his activities in Moscow sufficiently to be able to blackmail him. And this is where they talk about perverted sex acts that they arranged or monitored that were arranged or monitored by the FSB. So you're right. This is essentially, you know, like secondhand or information through information. It's getting information from the Russians through someone from the UK. Um, it's, again, foreign help. Yeah. And, you know, so it's just, again, everything that the Clinton campaign accused <laughs> the Trump campaign of doing, they're doing just a little bit more craftily. And it's like, 
this a lot of the fucking Russian narrative is hung on this bullshit dossier, which a lot of a lot of it has proven to be. I mean, it really almost reads like fan fiction, like for liberals. Like it, it honestly, like, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's so implausible and ridiculous. It's like I don't know. There are you know portions of this that have been confirmed, proven true, or whatever. Um, and and I think the other piece of it is there. Are the way the intelligence community is with it, it's like there are parts we're not going to deny and we're not going to confirm either. So they're just kind of hands off about well, we it. I don't two pages deny. Also. It was very craftily. And people forget, like, the whole. When this was released in February, it was like after the election. Uh, you know, it wasn't released presumably by, by Hillary's people. Supposedly it was released by the intelligence community uh, or, you know, or the deep state, whatever you want to call it. To put Trump on notice because that was about the time that he was talking shit about the FBI and the NSA and all these organ and all these groups and they were like, hey, fucker, don't you know know your role? We are the ones who control you, not the other way around. Right. Um, right. Which is really fucking scary and fucked up when you think about it because I mean for Trump it's whatever, but imagine we get a President Bernie Sanders in there and he says, look, I want to dismantle this insane uh surveillance state which is uh you know totally <laughs> eroded our civil liberties they're gonna say hey listen fucker uh you don't you, you know you don't get to do that this is you know and maybe to that point maybe that's why obama didn't do what he claimed he was gonna i mean i largely chalked that up to he was a fake progressive and he was really mostly in, you know he self-described himself as a moderate republican in the 80s but um <laughs> he so I chalk it mostly up to that, but maybe, hey, maybe he genuinely did want to fix their surveillance, and they said, listen, that's not going to happen. Like, this is why, you know, if you do that, we're going to destroy you. And Well, and to link to something else this week, so there was someone else from the past that talked about breaking up the CIA, breaking it into a million pieces, Mr. JFK. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if you were going to bring that up, but there, it's starting to trickle now in some of these files. I haven't read through all of it by any stretch, but... Um, that was one of the interesting pieces in all of it that's come out so far is the number of, of journalists that the CIA employed essentially is like, you know, uh, they were paid to both be journalists and to plant stories, infiltrate, get information, all of that. And it was a large number. So it begs the question, well, first of all, you know, if we did this before, we're very likely well, doing know, it now. So who are the journalists now that we're, that we're paying that are involved? And I think you well, can you know, probably look at their stories and figure it out. Well, you know, LaDonna, it, 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 I'm glad we live in a time where the CIA doesn't have any kind of uh, editorial influence over a major newspaper <laughs> or anything like that. Because right. that's, 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 hor that's horrifying <laughs> to think about what, the, what could happen if they, you know paid off somebody who maybe owned like the Washington post, for example, or <laughs> something like that. That would be horrible. Um. Well, you know, exactly. And then, you know, the, um, the other piece to all of this is just, um, the governments, that was the other piece in the, uh, the JFK thing that the governments that, you know, we've tried to take down the, the foreign leaders we've tried to take down and all of these things. So you just know that there's so much shady shit going oh. on in the background that our government is part of, aware of, sponsoring, doing nothing about, I mean, all across the board. And uh, I can only imagine what Trump is doing with that. <laughs> he, well, he's just letting them do whatever the fuck they want. It's like yeah. the inmates are running the asylum, you know, like they don't, 
<laughs> but um, the JFK thing, uh, it, it's just so funny to me that Trump was crowing about how he was going to release <laughs> these files, which were scheduled to be released legally uh, anyway. And then under pressure from the CIA, he held some back for reclassification. He had 54 fucking years. Like, what do you... The only reason... <laughs> You know, I, I was, at, at one point, I was like, eh, well, I saw it in enough documentaries where it was like, they proved with computers that Oswald was probably the only shooter. And I was like, but now I'm like, there's no way you fucking need to hide something that happened 54 years ago. If, unless there's something yeah. to hide. Like, there's no fucking reason. Exactly. Like, and nobody's, nobody who is working at the CIA is still alive. Like, almost, I would be shocked, you know? Well, it sounds like there may be some of the journalists still involved. There were some names, it sounds like, that they redacted specifically for that reason. Um, I don't know. Like, 90 years old. It's like, probably Dan Rather. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. Um, Well, you know, Ayn Rand was a fucking FBI informant, apparently. Gloria Steinem? I mean, I don't know. Everybody is anybody, apparently. I I I need to check your pay stubs and check your financial information just to make sure. (laughs) Moving forward on this podcast, I need to know. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and and I've always been fascinated by the JFK thing. So, and I don't ever think we're going to get an answer. No. And I think, you know, probably, you know, next week we'll have more to talk about there. But I just thought there was an interesting tie in there that, that, you know, the CIA connections and um, just that there's more going on than meets the eye. And it's ugly. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think like when you become president, they probably put you in a room with like a stack of files and they're like, look. This is all the fucked up shit we're doing. (laughs) You just walk out of that meeting with your eyes bleeding and you're like, I I, I don't even know where to begin trying to stop any of this. I think when you become president, actually, I think when even when you become a candidate, they decide, you know, like, I don't know, Bilderberg or one of those places, they decide beforehand, you know, who their person's going to be or who their one or two are going to be. And then they probably uh, lock them in a dungeon for a while and, you know, brainwash (laughs) them, program them, you know, all of those important things. And then. Then the lizard people get in once they're elected and actually tell them who's really running things. I don't know. This sounds all crazy. I don't actually believe all that, but I believe there's a whole lot more going on than meets the eye. Of course, they fucking, you know, I mean, that, that, that thing with Trump that happened where they released the dossier was one of the most blatant examples of. Hey, there's still a deep state, you know, working at the yeah. end the intelligence. Industry. In case you and forgot, if they don't like what you're doing. Yeah, and if they don't like what you're doing, they'll fucking ruin you. So, <laughs> they'll destroy you. Um, yeah, so that's that's comforting. I, <laughs> all I know is that Bernie, for as virtuous as he is, they better he better have some great fucking service secret service detail because, God, I, I'd be so terrified of what they would try to do to him if he won, or if he was getting close to winning. I, I, I worry about it. Like, I actually I know, I, worry. I genuinely yeah. do. I mean, fucking, you know, look at Bobby, or, uh, yeah, Robert Kennedy. I mean, like, that's, you know, so many random, like, killings of actual, you know, leftist politicians. And, you know, it's interesting because there's a lot of lefties that, you know, that were Bernie supporters that have now just gone nuts against him and been like, oh, you know, he's kowtowed to the establishment. He's in this out or the other. And I, I still feel like, He's making some deals here to stay alive. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, my hope is that those deals will allow him to run again, um, you know, or, or certainly to, um, uh, you know, 
back people that are that are going to be better for us and you know put them in a better position you know, a, a position to actually win um i think he's having to make those kinds of tough decisions but yeah it's it's scary yeah i also think as much as we complain about shit that he does and trying to like be inclusive with the democratic party even though they fucked him it i i really think it's just so he can take the high road later on which is smart like i think he you know if he runs and they say, oh, well, he's not even a Democrat, he could say, oh, yeah, well, uh, I, uh, I campaigned for more Democrats than you did, uh, <laughs> Senator Harris, or, you you know, like, I, I, you know, I, there's so many, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, look, I'll support Bernie no matter what, as long as he keeps coming with the same message that he's given us and that he's been well, preaching for and 30 there's this, years. You know, the people that will have an issue, that will take issue with him about whether or not he's a Democrat or this or that or the other. This is this vocal minority of just hardcore Hillary supporters that are criticizing him for all sorts of made up shit, calling him a racist, all of these other things. And these are the people that would, no matter what he said or did, would never be happy with him. And so I'm not concerned about him. Uh. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of which, uh, the, the, the funniest fucking thing slash most infuriating thing Peter Dow, I think, was the one who did it, but there were all the all the fucking, you know, the uh, si- Peter, my love. Yeah, I know. Oh my god, all the sycophants. I, by the way, I, I, <laughs> I, I we and Ladonna had initially talked about doing like a review of Peter Dow's podcast as like a Patreon bonus. <laughs> I started listening to it. I, I almost fucking crashed my car. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this to myself. <laughs> Unless you want to pay my therapy bills as part of your Patreon membership, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> um but what was i gonna say oh so he is the guy i love to hate him oh, so much too. though because oh, like, he's so uh, unself-aware he's the most gloriously <laughs> unself-aware human being on the planet it's so fucking funny <laughs> to me oh my god he's such a joke he's such a joke but so he was like oh well when bernie found out he and deborah messing of course also fucking chimed mm. in with this similar verbiage oh well when bernie found out he wasn't going to be the opening speaker he dropped out uh, no, <laughs> he just didn't want to take the focus away from this awesome event that the uh, mar- uh, the organizers from the Women's March organized because you were all being a bunch of little fucking assholes about it. And he's like, hey, you know what? You know, I'll, I'll go down to Puerto Rico and I'll survey the damage and I'll try to get them some help. And he was down in Puerto Rico today actually meeting with people, not fucking flinging paper towels to them. And, and he gets black for and this. And he got they're like, oh, look at the PR, blah, blah, blah. Uh, excuse me, where the fuck is Hillary if you're gonna complain about him being that? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> People are so fucking... They literally complain about anything he does. And he said he's developing a comprehensive plan and he wants to bring forth legislation to actually give these people some fucking help because Trump's not doing it. And nobody else is doing it. So, I, I, I don't understand. What... Yeah, but fuck that guy. Yeah, but fuck that guy <laughs> trying to help these people who are fucking dying with no water and no electricity and no, you know, no anything. Like, oh my God, people are just so, they're so fucking, they're such sycophants. Like I said, there, there would, there's nothing he could do that would make them happy. And it, it was funny because I did something, or there, there's something this week, it was asking like who should run, you know, next time. And, you know, Bernie came up and somebody said, you know, oh, hell no. And I said, I bet you though, you know, that you support Hillary next time. Well, not necessarily. I'm like, there you go. Like, I, I knew as soon as they said that, I was like, I know who you are. <laughs> go ahead and unfollow me because it's not going to be a good ride for you. <laughs> he's fucking, 
there's such a small sliver of the party, and they just—it's amazing the voice they have. And I think it's largely because a lot of them are are like we always talk about their blue checks, they're verified, you know, journalists yeah. and print journalists, TV TV anchors, TV actors pretending to be journalists. Uh, I just think a lot of them are in these circles where they're insulated too, where they don't hear criticism. They hear a certain narrative. They go along with that. They think that's the, you know, the, the popular thing or the way to say, I, I think some of these people who are actually in it because they care could probably be moved significantly left and um, could be moved to the right place on policy and other issues. If but they heard so and, and were talked to. They're so vacuous and empty. It's like if Hillary Clinton came out and, Bernie Sanders platform word for word, they'd fucking eat it up. I swear to God they would. And <laughs> she fucking did. Well, she tried, <laughs> she tried to, to but anyway. Still milk <laughs> and she wouldn't ex- she wouldn't take on the actual fucking things that would help people like, you know, Medicare for all and free college. But um they they don't give a fuck because they don't have principles. All they're about is this fucking team mentality and we're team Democrat and Bernie's not even a Democrat and He's, he's running, he dare run against our anointed candidate. They don't give a fuck. Like, they really just don't give a fuck. And I guarantee you, if if when Kamala Harris, well, you know, I saw it. When, when Kamala Harris came out in support of Medicare for All, you know, basically like she had a gun to her head when she was doing the speech to, it's like, well, I didn't, I didn't tell my staff yet and they're going to be mad at me, but uh, she literally fucking said that, like. It was like her jaw was wired yeah, shut. Yeah, I know. She, she was, was like, saying... oh, like, like she was like writing it on a piece of paper and holding it up to the camera. <laughs> um, so, but when she came out for it, all these fucking you know resistors were like, "Oh my god, this is great!" Blah blah blah, all this stuff. And I'm like, um, y- y- you do realize there's this guy who's been saying that we need this for like thirty years, right? And like he was running for president, and he talked about what a fucking horrible misogynist racist sexist whatever he is like well and i want to say something about the resistance for a second because you know we've gone back and forth at this i i considered at one point myself to be a part of it and in some ways i still do in spirit in the spirit of fuck trump i hate him i don't want him or you know any of his people you know in play um you know there's this idea of the mick resistance or whatever but you know there are lots of really good people online and you know, some of them I was chatting with today and they're talking about you know how sick they feel after this election how they have these reminders on their phone to call their rep every Tuesday or every week I mean there are people that are genuinely getting involved trying to make a change you know whether it's through some indivisible groups or you know whatever other groups they're trying actively to make a change they may not know all of the the ins and outs of all of this but they're they're putting in the effort I appreciate them. I welcome them. You know, I'm united with them. There are others (laughs) that are a part of this in, I don't know, some sort of a vanity thing or name only and, and really don't understand what we're fighting for. And that there's a beginning point, like maybe ACA was a beginning point, but the end point should be, should have always been universal healthcare for all and, you know, full stop. And that, the moment that they stopped fighting for that, that was the moment that they gave in, gave up on us, gave up on, I think, progressives and progress in general. And that's where I think they they lose out. So in, until we're in a place where we're continuing to fight for progress towards these ideals and values and you know things for people, equality and all of that, and until we're at a place where we're continuing to push for that, um, you know, there's going to be friction in the movement. But 
I will always support people that put in genuine effort, that care about this, and that have an open mind and are willing to continue learning. Yeah. That's all I'll say about the resistance. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I agree. And, you know, honestly, like, most people who consider themselves, like, resistors are not our enemy. It's just that it's this right. little fucking sliver, this little hateful 8% that has yep. a voice that sounds like it's about 50% on Twitter because... <laughs> Well, and also in part because David Brock, I'm convinced because I fucking mm-hmm. see things like this all the time, is still paying Correct the Record trolls. And we know people that work yes. for Correct the Record who constantly try to fucking smear Bernie over bullshit and smear other progressives who are trying to actually fucking defeat the Republicans and fight for ideas that actually help people. Like, And these people are continuing this divisive rhetoric and they're continuing to relitigate the election. They're continuing to keep people talking about this and on separate sides. It almost makes you wonder if the Republicans are actually funding them now because keeping us divided is really the the best way for the Republicans to keep winning. So I don't know the source of their funding, but... Well, the Republicans are funding wonders. them. The Clinton campaign funds them, so... <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> um... I, you know, I, I, I recalibrate just, the Overton window or something. <laughs> I, I just can't. So, you know, while we're on the subject of smearing people, uh, the DNC is just having themselves a month. Oh, um, uh, yeah. We talked uh, quite a bit about how fucking garbage the DNC is uh, last week. But um, since then, the... Uh, Smears have just escalated tremendously. So after this story broke about um, the the list of uh, people on the uh, that were getting purged and the people on the bylaws committee and Donna Brazil being on the fucking bylaws committee. Which um, in any universe that you think about Donna Brazil and the things that she's accused of doing and the things that we know she did for a fact because she had to, you know, after she lied and said she didn't, she had to come out and admit it and apologize. Well, Donna, they after were all victims of, of a cybercrime. We were victims <laughs> of a cybercrime. That they never denied <laughs> any of, but <laughs> actually she tried to deny it. I shouldn't say that. She tried until she tried to they say they were, they were edited and then she, and then she kind of dropped back. And yeah. Like, no, then technology no. proved that she was <laughs> completely lying. So, so yeah. Um, of all people that you could put on the rules, professional fucking <laughs> loser. She's been involved in only losing presidential campaigns. She was fucking Al Gore's campaign manager in the in one of the most biggest fucking debacles for the Democrats in electoral history. Uh, she, I think she was on Kerry's staff, and then she was on the fucking Clinton team. It's, well, and it was interesting to me no because, way. you know, I used to watch CNN and, you know, I I watched her as a commentator for a while. And before I knew all of this with the emails and, you know, the rigging and everything, I actually kind of appreciated her because I felt like, at least in commentary, she tried to be somewhat balanced. Um, you knew she was a Clinton loyalist. You, you just yeah. kind of knew it. But I felt like she tried to be balanced and at least appear that she hadn't decided yet. And... Uh, yeah, it's just so disgusting to see, though, the length to which she was so far not there and was so far on the other side and was hedging her bets, I guess, so I mean, it, <laughs> just in case. It's, it's like if it's like if DNC had, like, a social media ethics board and they put, like, Anthony Weiner on the fucking board. Like, that's, <laughs> that's to me, the level that's of, it. like, egregious, like, it had to... That's such a good analogy. <laughs> but, like, genuinely, it had to have been... Like, there's no way they did, <laughs> they did this... And didn't fucking realize what they were doing. Because like I was saying last week, 
There's so many other Clinton loyalists who they could have put on and not caused a fucking stir about. But they put and her so on many other positions they yeah, and so many positions they could have put her on instead. But they chose that one to send a complete message with a big middle finger up to every Bernie supporter, and that was just the beginning. Turns out, but you know, maybe it wasn't even the that they were trying to that they were trying to stick up a finger to Bernie people. They probably knew that was going to happen, but they more so uh, live in such a bubble that they're like, well, you know, she. Donna was a good soldier, so we have to reward her with a position in her desired, uh, you know, <laughs> committee of choice. And that's... Are they that tone deaf? They're uh, pretty fucking Please tone. tell me they're not. I mean, come on. <laughs> have you seen the other guys? I mean, that... Can, I know. That, they're, they're, they're fucking really... Like, I, I think we attribute maliciousness a lot to them when I think it's a lot more just stupid and... A pro- bubble, cluelessness, bubble yeah. and a product of a corrupt system that they've been, you know, groomed in. So, I don't know. I mean, it's a combo of all of them. But, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, it's gotten even worse because after that stuff came out, uh, BuzzFeed ran a total bullshit article, uh, which was clearly fed to them by somebody at the DNC, which uh, the article, the whole article was based on a rumor that uh, progressives in the... Um, at the DNC, we're trying to oust three prominent black members, female black members of the DNC. It's, again, just they're trying to fucking paint progressives, people far to the fucking left of them, which they admit that we're to the left of them. They're trying to paint right. us as fucking racist and sexist, and it's just fucking infuriating. It, it's, so, it's so fucking Republican of them to do this, and it's like... But you know what? All you have to do is muddy the waters, and now that narrative's out there, and it doesn't matter how fucking untrue it is. But they're... Right. So their thing was that they said in that article, there was a rumor that they were trying to oust three progress, uh, three black female members of the DNC to replace with three, you know, progressives or three white guys, whatever the fucking rumor was. And Donna Rizzo was among that list, to which I say... Uh, yeah, she should have been fucking ousted because she's a corrupt motherfucker. I don't care if she's fucking purple. I don't care what she is. It, uh, but that, but the the whole thing was a fabrication. Like you know, it was heavily implied that James Zogby, who was one of the progressives that was kicked out of uh, his position after thirty years of service to the fucking DNC, because he had the gall to support an actual fucking proven winner over <laughs> over a fucking wet you know noodle like Tom Perez. Um, they're, that he was heavily implied to be one of the people, and they asked it, and you know, people have asked him since. He's like, "No, of course not. Why would I? I, 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 I still want to see the DNC succeed. I, I work, and he actually, because of course, everyone, even the progressives in the DNC, have to fucking, you know, kiss the ass of the establishment. He's like, "Oh no, I work with Donna. Donna's great. Blah blah blah. Like all this, it, it's just a fucking blatant smear, and it's fucking unreal how they're still like just." fucking pissing in our faces after all they've done well you know i put on my strategist hat with this and i think about if i had to be a part of that circle what i would do so there's a paragraph here among the longtime party officials who were removed are and i don't know how to pronounce these names barbara kasbar Sipperstein, the dnc's first transgender member who backed ellison in leadership race ray buckley the dnc's first openly gay vice chair who supported ellison after dropping out of the race himself zogby you mentioned um, and Alice Germond, an outspoken Ellison supporter who was the party's longtime secretary until Debbie Wasserman Schultz booted her from the role in 2013. So we can see who who they ousted, right? So the only thing they could do 
against that narrative of these, you know, these people that deserve their roles should have been there. And all of that was to accuse someone of racism. And, and I would have, I don't want to say I would have done it because it's, it's shady. You know what I mean? But as a strategist, if I have that hat on, that is what you would do. Just so shitty. They're so yeah. shitty. It's unbelievable how shitty they are. Another <laughs> thing they fucking did this week that we found out is that they're blocking actual progressive Democrats, not even independents, mm-hmm. fucking people running as Democrats. Uh, they're blocking them from accessing VAN, which is a, a voter action network, I believe it stands for. Mm-hmm. It's basically a database where you can access voting um, voter information from past elections. And every campaign uses some form of database to uh set up there and uh, we we're gonna have jeremy on but he couldn't make it to explain this further maybe we'll ask him next week about it um but basically you use that to plan out your field strategy right because it gives you you know uh addresses and names and registration of everyone that voted and you know it's a core elect- system that you need for elections and it it's, yeah. is really unheard of for them to block this except for the fact that what they are encountering and this is their position is that all of these justice dems are primary establishment candidates whether or not they're incumbents you know they're, they're primarying you know people that the establishment wants and so the establishment is clearly saying fuck you you're not going to have our tools and we're going to we're going to come down upon you with all of the weight whatever weight we have left because they have no money so it's basically just influence at this point we're going to come down on you with that and we're going to block your access to the tools and so if you're listening to this and you have a few extra bucks Donating to the justice stands is a pretty good cause right now because what they're trying to do now is since Van is being blocked for all the justice stem candidates, they're trying to build up a fund to be able to buy a third party system that will do the same thing for them. These things cost money, um, but it's something that can be shared across the candidates, something that, you know, I think the Democrat, it's bullshit. Um, The party shouldn't be allowed to do this, but again, they're a private organization, you know, so, so they can do whatever they want. They can pick their candidates now and pretty much tell us who's going to win in every race. I mean, that's, that's where we are now. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they told Sarah Smith, who's one of the justice Democrats who's running that she needed 51% of uh, state parties uh, to sign off on it for her to get access to the van. So she, she needs to win the election basically when she's had no <laughs> access to any kind of voting files or any kind of canvassing or what they're just so fucking blatantly corrupt and cheating because they know that their candidates are shitty and have no message and that anyone with a fucking message is going to wipe the floor with them on an even playing field. So all they can do is these little voter suppression tricks that the fucking Republicans do to suppress the vote. And it's fucking unbelievable. It's frustrating too, because I, you know, I've worked with independent candidates. I know independent candidates. It's extremely, extremely difficult to run as an independent. Now, part of that reason is because you don't have the, um, you know, the, the party mechanisms, the, the operations or whatever, the, the things that the party already has in play, you don't have access to that. But actually now the Democrats are really taking that away, um, you know, making it even more likely, I think, for candidates to say, fuck it, I'm not going to run as a Dem, I'm going to run as an independent. The only thing the Democrats have left, and I think it's about 20%, roughly, is that that 20% or so of people that will just vote party line no matter what, that will just, you know, vote blue all the way down so they don't have to pay attention to the news or what the candidate's for. They just, their identity is being a Democrat, hardcore, that's what they are. That's the way they'll always vote. And so that's really the only thing left, um, you know, 
blocking an independent candidate from succeeding is just that percentage of sheep that will continue to do that. But more and more people are not only wanting to run third party, but are, are becoming willing to vote third party because they're seeing these shenanigans for what they are. And um, I think we've got a big shift coming in this country. I, I hope so. But the, you know, the institutional blocks are just still so fucking like, I mean, you know, th they had that big DNC meeting uh, and they interviewed people at the DNC and this woman, basically, I don't know if you saw this video, it, it was one of the most infuriating things I've ever seen, said that, uh, oh, well, superdelegates aren't going anywhere because we know the candidates better than the people. So right. we need to make sure that we have that that stop in case there is somebody that comes up that's not the best candidate to go. They're just admitting that they your fucking vote means dick. It means nothing. Well, they and don't I, give a shit. Like, and I did comment on that. I think it was on, on Twitter or Facebook because... It, the person was implying that that these superdelegates know every candidate personally and that, you know, on an interpersonal level, they can make judgments about their character and how they hold themselves and whatever else that should supersede what the voters think. Right. And so my question is, OK, so every single superdelegate that's out there intimately knows and aware of, yeah. uh, you know, all of these candidates. I find that really fucking hard to believe what they really are is, in this case, Clinton insiders that are trusted to vote for her. And it's just more of the same party bullshit. They built this fucking system in the 80s. The superdelegates, <laughs> all the people who built the, who, who, who came up with the superdelegate bullshit in the 80s ended up getting funneled into the DLC with the Clintons, which was the, you know, let's turn the fucking Democrats into Republicans because we'll get all this corporate cash and we can win some seats. And, you know, it worked slightly at the time uh, through a confluence of circumstances, but uh, it, it almost really didn't work. They, they have this false sense of accomplishment because the only reason Clinton won uh, the first election is because Ross Perot took a huge chunk of votes away right. from Dole. I mean, he, Ross Perot won, like, what, like 18% of some crazy amount. And yeah. he was a conservative, libertarian-ish. I mean, I, I don't even know what the fuck he called. Ross Perot is a fucking... <laughs> it's a good question. Thing, but, In hindsight, I'm not um, really sure what his politics were, but he was oh entertaining. Oh, my God. He's, he was, yeah, he was the precursor to Trump in many ways. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so they have this false sense of accomplishment, and it, it's so clear that this fucking garbage method of triangulation has just utterly failed as a concept i mean they've lost that you know 1100 seats in nine years and i think they know it but it's like well we don't have a job in politics if we actually change this system and you know <laughs> get rid of this corruption because we are the corruption we right. are the fucking swamp on the democratic <laughs> we are side. the corruption <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, it just makes me crazy and another thing that came out this week um i'm sure you saw this uh the New York Board of Elections uh, had to admit that they fucking they illegally purged over two hundred thousand people from the voting rolls in fucking Brooklyn before the Democratic primaries. In Brooklyn, uh, hmm. in Brooklyn. I, I was Ooh. from Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, maybe uh, maybe uh, Senator Sanders is from uh, Brooklyn with the uh, Brooklyn accent that he like. It, it, it was so and Brooklyn was obviously going to go for Bernie. And I think it may right. have ended up going for Bernie anyway. But that two hundred thousand votes is a fucking huge margin and may have cost him New York. I mean, we, we don't know. We right. don't know where else they did this, but they illegally purged. This is the shit that they 
cry crocodile tears about the Republicans suppressing the vote, which they do. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Oh, They're yeah. fucking heinous. Both sides. But yep. I don't want to fucking hear it from the Democrats because they do the same bullshit to stop progressives. They fight progressives harder than they fight Republicans. So, you know, I have to constantly argue with people that I know who are older. Um, you know, this is a generalization, but people who are like, we have a Trump's horrible. We got to win no matter what. Right. Why do you talk, you know, don't talk about the Democrats exclusively. You got to talk about the Republicans. Motherfucker, they fight us harder than they fight the Republicans. We need to beat them so we actually have a chance to fight the Republicans. They're not letting us get onto the field right now. Like, that's. Yeah, working on progressive campaigns, you know, both of us, I definitely feel that. I think the uh, it's much harder from the, the establishment Dems than it is from the other side. And, you know, a case can be made and has been made by some. Rather than dem enter and trying to infiltrate that party when you've got super delegates and you've got all these other things, is is some kind of Republican enter more sensible? Is that party because of at least you know not having super delegates and some of these other things would the Republicans be easier to infiltrate? Now, honestly, having been a Republican, I really couldn't stand shoulder to shoulder with them anymore. <laughs> in particular, with you know them putting up with all the Trump shenanigans that they are and really showing that they have no moral core whatsoever, that it wasn't about religion or values or anything. It was just about... What are you talking about? They're resisting Trump. <laughs> Jeff Flake is, is the newest member. Oh, of don't even get me started on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so I, I did want to actually mention Jeff Flake because he's all of a sudden this the, the new darling of liberals <laughs> because he said some things about Trump. Again, they're, they're such cowards because they all... Give these speeches. They won't fucking name him. They won't say who they're talking about. They won't address him direct. Like, well, you know, when people use divisive rhetoric and... Mother- okay. Either fucking, you know, man up about it and say, look, Donald Trump, you're divisive. Or shut the fuck up. Like, nobody wants to hear your your half measure. Um, but it's just so funny to me that these people, again, Jeff Flake, John McCain, you know, David fucking Frum... Jeff Flake votes with Donald Trump 91% of the time. It's true. And voted for that disastrous, uh, you know, financial thing this week that, you know. After he made that speech. Exactly. And everybody, Ted Lieu even tweeted, you know, to Jeff Flake, welcome to the resistance, you know, like, because he was so fucking brave in speaking out again, not mentioning him by name and doing this on his way out the door. Okay. So where is, and I said this to people online, where is, you want to welcome him to the resistance? How about you find somebody that's actually resisted in any way, shape, or form when they had the power to do so? This is somebody that's going to cause a stink on his way out, that's going to, you know, basically childishly, you know, go off in a speech because he's unhappy that they're going to challenge him um, yeah, since he's not you know, towing party line. I don't know. <laughs> God. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just never, I'm, I've never ceased to ama- be be amazed by the the lows that the the resistance has stooped to to find anybody that fucking says anything anti-Trump. Like literally, I I, I I'm trying to think of who they wouldn't accept. <laughs> it's like Darth Vader because, versus Trump. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> once you get once you get to George W. fucking Bush <laughs> and welcoming him into the resistance, like. And I had this argument online with people too. I said, look. You know, yeah, George W. Bush was folksy, right? And he seems like, you know, kind of like old grandpa and, you know, harmless and likable now. He can't get his freaking, you know, rain, uh, you know, poncho on. You know, he seems so cute in hindsight. He's a war criminal. 
Like, do I He's need so to go through ever all the, the torture and all of the shit, the, the rights that, you know, we lost under him or all of the laws that they broke or all of that? We, but they, they forget so quickly because, he, well, at least you didn't spew hateful rhetoric. Well, <laughs> I look at actions as well as words. And honestly, W right now, worse. <laughs> you know what's funny is like, I, and I, it's never really occurred to me until just now. <clears throat> we say that they forget. But really, they're war criminals too. I mean, that's why they're li- like liberals are so quick to accept them. Madeleine Albright said in an interview that the 250,000 dead Iraqi children were worth it during the first Gulf War right. because, because of what they accomplished. I mean, fucking Leon Panetta chuckled about the fact that he couldn't remember how many wars we were fucking involved in. How many, you know, like hot wars we were involved in. Yeah. I, I mean, these people are fucking monsters. So for them to accept... It's for them to find somebody who says something negative about Trump, they're like, oh, great, this is all we want, because this is all we are. <laughs> like, they don't give a fuck that these people committed atrocities and committed state-sanctioned torture and fucking invaded illegally into, you know, illegal wars. and cut. They don't care, because they did the same shit or were okay with basically the same shit. So. And this is what I'll say about the resistance, because when I pointed this out to people that consider themselves to be representing the resistance online... They'll, they'll, they'll grant you that they'll, they'll admit it when they're kind of reminded of all of these things and these continued actions of these people, they just aren't, I don't know. There's a block. There. Yeah. They're, they're, There's not, a block. they're not thinking about it in those terms. And maybe again, maybe it's the mainstream media, maybe it's, you know, the, the popular narrative of the moment or whatever. But when you do get into the details, they're like, oh yeah. Okay. Um, when you have, I think it's when you have. 99% of the media saying one thing and if you hear something different from someone else even if it's the truth you feel a little bit crazy believing the person who's not in the media and and I get that yeah but you got to fight through that like well and it's I, really know, hard I, I, to I find probably the same way for a while I'm sure it's really hard to know like which say websites to trust, you know, there's a lot of, everybody's starting a website these days, you know, news services or whatever. It's really hard to know what, you know, the fake news, there's fake news out there. There are stories that are phony and it's hard to know which outlets to trust. And sometimes a story that is a real story takes six months or longer to get into the mainstream media because of the way they have to, um, the way they choose to and have to vet things. So it's tough because on the one hand, I, in, you know, on social media, I want to share and report out and speak the truth. On the other hand, the truth, as it appears, is not always available in mainstream media. And sometimes these other sources look shady. So it it becomes a challenge to really figure out who to trust and what to believe. Yeah. And we're from a tech savvy generation. So I can't imagine people that didn't grow up with the internet trying to figure this shit out it's, it's yeah well i mean really all you need is a barrett code so <laughs> that's all i need to know it's the truth that's what i follow yeah. <laughs> if yeah, only <laughs> God damn. all right well on that note uh we're gonna get out of here but uh we have some big ish stuff coming next week so uh definitely tune in um for that uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe uh, on iTunes and share it around with your friends. And uh, join us next week on Move Left Idiots.
insanity in the control room. Too. 